Welcome back, everyone, to another Slab Sox Live here on Monday, 6 p.m. Eastern Time. And this is no ordinary live stream tonight on Monday because normally back in fall, you'd have some Monday at football. I think Nate's moving so fast, the camera's lagging. I can't keep up with his speed for tonight's game. Let's go! <laughs> Rock Chalk Jayhawk, baby! Nate is all whipped up because Kansas is playing in the biggest college basketball game that there is tonight, the uh, national championship game, and they're about to get whooped. They're about to no. get whooped, eighty to sixty-five by the Tar Heels. <laughs> tell you what, tell you what, I've got everything working for me. I got my Jayhawk sweatshirt on, taking it out of the case. I've got my Allen Fieldhouse little like light up three D arena thing that I don't have the the power cord for right now. I somewhere hidden around my house when I moved. I have. My national championship banner needs another another year down there. 1988, 2008. Now we're looking to add 2012 to that bad boy. And 2022. Or 2022. We're, we were looking to add 2012 10 years ago, and it didn't happen. And I have all of my Jayhawks cards. This is for Wayne Selden and Perry Ellis. This championship is for... Devontae Graham, you bought me this one. Can you believe I did, that? That's a birthday present for you. Devontae Graham, this is for Frank Mason. <laughs> Sweet Makai Luke, Sweet Makai Luke. Frank Mason again, zebra, a little courtside zebra. Love that. Devontae Graham, Sam bought that for me. Frank Mason, auto. <sighs> Trying to channel a little bit of this guy, Mario Chalmers. Mario Chalmers. <laughs> Got to have a little bit of his luck on our side tonight. Frank Mason again, Paul Pierce, number 25. We just met him. Kirk Heinrich, number 25. Care about it so much, don't even have it in his sleeve. We're getting into some trash area here. I I think that this should be the right. Brandon Rush, but then also. (laughs) Paul Pierce, baby. My favorite card ever. See Makai Luke Pink Pulser we pulled. It's quite the card. And then also my actual favorite card ever, I think. Well, Frank Mason with the Go Jayhawks. That's that's so sick. That's really and that was given to me during the national 2019. I never learned the guy's name, and I felt bad about it to this day. Yep, I think you're gonna mention every day for the rest of the time until that guy comments on YouTube. It's true. But let's go, Jayhawks. I'm ready. I've got everything working, and I'm predicting that we win by 77 to 70. Well, seven-point game. I like it. Uh, I'll roll with my – I'm going to go with 80 to 72 Tar Heels. Do you think the Jayhawks and their defense are giving up 80 tonight? You never know. (laughs) You don't get cocky out here. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What's up, Tech? What's up, Just Digging? Good to see you all. And uh, today for the actual live stream, not just Nate's uh, Kansas Jayhawks love affair, um, we are going to be talking about forecasting the market for the next – uh, what would you call it? I guess uh, four months. Four months or so. I think we just we just passed like the hundred twenty day mark for um, the national. The national. So yeah, really, what this is is this is like for the forecasting market from now through the national because we did the same exact thing last year except last year we did it at the six month mark which would have been two months ago, um, but it's never too late to do it again. So we last one went really well. People really enjoyed it. And we'll try to see what we can do this year again. Now, I think this year is a lot more unpredictable than last year. I feel like we might just keep on saying that each year until potentially Finax comes into business and kind of gives us the standard of what we should expect going forward. But honestly, I don't really know what to expect right now, but we can go through all these different questions and uh, give our takes on what we have for you all. And we would absolutely love if each topic we bring up, you all are in the comments adding your thoughts on each topic, giving your picks. And uh, what's up, 1000 Mountains? Good to see you. Before we get into that, though, we've got some PWCC Weekly Auction Number 11 recap to do. As last night closed another episode for our flip quest and resulted in more cards being sold. So, fun one here on the left for the baseball fans and baseball fans on the right also. But 2016, Fernando Tatis' first Bowman Chrome PSA 9 sold for 113 Last night, and the Riley Green PSA 10 2019 Bowman Chrome sold for 113 also. Now, he's just got injured. Riley Green just made the opening day roster. He got got injured, too. He got injured? Yeah, foot injury. How long are we thinking on that? Um, I'm not 100% sure, but I feel like it's going to be a month or so. 
Okay, I got you. Well, let me just like sauce you this. So if you go I'm trying to scroll back a little bit here, if you go back as soon as well, in January, this was like a hundred dollar card. Riley the Green. Base, yeah. So I guess it's kind of maintained. I was kind of expecting that one to rise a little bit more. I guess if you go back to September, I'm sure it would have risen more than uh than not. But as for the Tatis, um, that one was all the way all the way up at 155 as soon as like February 25th. So clearly it's taking a bit of a hit with him being injured. Um remember Nate, when those PSA tens used to be like a thousand bucks. Yeah, I think they're still pretty dang expensive though. It's a really hard card to grade. I bought like 40 of those at one point, I think, and like none of them were gonna attend, maybe one at best. Wow. They're super tough to grade. Uh, lots of scratches, lots of dings on the back, all that stuff. Remember, this card used to be worth like 25 cents. So it's not like that someone was sleeping that thing once it got pulled. Um, Brooke, Thursday's opening day, baby. Braves running it back. Yes, nice to see, nice to see some Thursday opening day action. Hey, and, uh, quick quick little shameless plug for Dingy wait, Corners. Just wait, got... wait, is it for your podcast or for what? For podcast. Okay, go ahead. Uh, just got done recording a episode for, that will be released tomorrow on predictions for the MLB season. So it's going to be a nice little uh, two-podcast week for us. There you go. Two-podcast week for Day in Corners, Tuesday, MLB predictions. And speaking about some predictions, uh, we'll be doing those today in the live, in the in this stream. But other than that, the whammy, Wander Franco, PSA 9, a very interesting insert there, kind of like a bobblehead type of thing from Panini uh, from the Donruss set. So for 228 from 2021, but a 2021 Bowman Chrome Gold Shimmer out of 50 SGC 9.5 also sold for 228. Um, Nate, what do you what do you add on this? Because that that whammy is like a PSA nine pop four, I think. I think I I know it's I know it's not licensed, but I think I got to go with the whammy. Um, I know the gold shimmer is out of 50, but there's gold gold shimmer, and this is. You know, you've got 2019, and then you've got like 2019 Bowman Draft, like Wander Francos, and then you've got 2020, and you've got multiple Wander Francos like every year. And now this is a third year Wander. It's just not very different than the others, is what you're saying. Correct. So I will take, I will take, even though it's non licensed, the the whammy because it's, it's an interesting card to say. Look at Nate going the non licensed route today. Interesting. I get the the reasoning though. Um, and then on the left here, we got Josh Allen cracked dice numbered out of 23 PSA 10. That is not his rookie. Um, they don't make rookie non numbered cracked dices from the base set. Uh, but that's the 2019, the second year that sold for seven. Oh, that's not numbered. No, it's numbered Tw- oh. Oh, 23. Oh, okay. Numbered out of 23. Um, and then the Joe Burrow, though, the select XRC rookie PSA nine, uh, pulled out of the 2019 select set also sold for 750. This is the common question. Do you go with rarity and like a cooler card, or do you go with the rookie card more produced? I think it's a toss up. Um, for me, I, I actually can't even decide. All I know is that Josh Allen looks sick with the blue and the red and the white Bills colors. Mm-hmm. Do you have any strong pull one way or another on that one? Mm, I mean, I, I would like both of them. Exactly. As a fan of both quarterbacks and a fan of football and a fan of cool cards. I don't know how pe- other people feel about the XRCs, but I like them. Yeah, so I, I like them too. This is really their first main like investable rookie, I think. Or at least I, I, in my opinion, that comes out. So I think it definitely has its place in the market. Next one on the right here, talking about this last night, was a 2019 flawless RPA of Zion Williamson, horizontal patch auto. And then you've got the Trey Young. Uh, the Zion's out 25, but the Trey Young is a 9.5 also. And it's numbered out 15. And the Zion... Went for two thousand four hundred dollars more than the Trey Young, uh, but the interesting thing here is that the Trey Young's number out of fifteen. And it's not like it's it's a worse subset. That's a smaller patch window. They have a horizontal one that's more like that Zion bigger patch window. The patch is worse anyways. And if you look at the sales data on these two cards, that Zion back in May, uh, May of two thousand no sorry July of two thousand twenty one sold for over twenty one thousand dollars. Sorry, no, over $25,000, over $25,000. But it had a worse patch and still sold for that much. But the other interesting thing here is that this exact same card sold in November's premier auction for $4,200 less than this. So you've got on one hand, the card decreased a lot since July. On the other hand, if you bought this specific card in November and flipped it last night, you would have made $4,200. So I'm having a hard time stacking up Hmm. with the whole thought is here 
just in general of why the design is selling for so much. The tray lasts over 15K in December, so that's pretty even since then. Um, I'm just having a hard time picking it apart. I think I'm just going to let the Instagram audience uh, give their thoughts on it in total, but it's hard to deny a four, nice four-color patch auto, especially when it's a better subset. But at the same time, uh, that's a lot of money better than a guy that isn't returning this year, and it'll be a whole nother offseason until we start to figure out if he's going to play again. So yeah. risky. Last one here for the weekly auction number 11 recap. Uh, we've got the Ronaldo and Messi 2014 Prism matchups. It's the red number dot 149, a great looking card. SGC 10 gem mint, $8,700. It matched the exact same value from the uh, Robert Lewandowski, the PSA 10 from uh, Extra Class, Extra Classa. I think that's how it's pronounced. Um, it says rookie sticker PSA 10. The last sale on that was $8,640. It you know bumped up 60 bucks. And then the Ronaldo last and Messi last sold as a rocker for 2,100 or 2,000. Um, sorry, let me just check 2,700 back in October. So, movement on that just from getting graded. It's a very hard card to gem, though. So, honestly, I think that's a if you're into the, the, the matchups card, it's probably a pretty decent buy right there because the last PSA 9 sold for it was like when you know soccer is towards its peak in July, sold for like uh, nine thousand dollars. The PSA 9, so probably a decent deal right there if you're looking to flip it around maybe let's say August or September, given that's going to be both their last World Cups at the same time. Okay, so here we go. Hey, a quick, quick, yeah. uh, quick things over here just to get through some of these comments. Um, yeah. uh, Tech asked, do you guys feel like PSA or SGC does better in PWCC oh, auctions? Great, great question. I mean, honestly, I don't think that you can say one way or the other. Uh, we've had a lot of experience selling SGC slabs to the PWCC weekly auction as we show each Sunday because we are buying cards raw at card shows, cheap ones on e uh, eBay or wherever you want to buy your raw cards on Instagram and then uh, sending them off to SGC and then selling them through PWCC. And it's been working super well. Like there's PMGs are selling, you know, for two and a half or two times what we're buying them for this and that. And um, it's just been a really good experience for us selling that, but also like, you can't deny PSA slabs are also going to sell well. So that's yeah. where I'm at. Both sell well. That That's what I was going to say. It's like PSA. Everyone knows PSA. But I will I will say that obviously you have big cards. You're going to want a PSA label, right? That's just how the world works. But I have been very pleasantly surprised by the results on our SGC slabs. Like there are cards that Aaron buys that get slab and like a nine going for higher prices than what he uh, significantly higher yesterday than what he bought yeah, at raw. like patty kane i bought for 50 bucks sold for 200 seller net last night and that is just a 9 10 uh so that was great you know and and i will say nate that well yes you're right most you know five thousand plus cards game psa labeled um more and more high-end modern cards are getting sgc do you, you know there's a lewis hamilton sapphire red portrait out of five that got sgc grade the other day oh, wow. um so like more people are going towards that, but also like in general, you're right. That's where the market is still. Yeah. And then a couple, uh, of, a couple other things yep. here. Uh, J-Rod for Rookie of the Year. I agree. I do think the Mariners are going to finally break their, their drought. From our guy, Dave. Yeah. 21-year drought. I think it's going to be finally broken, and I think J-Rod is going to be the reason why. And uh, Playoff drought, you're gonna, saying. Not Rookie of the Year drought. Not Rookie of the Year drought. Playoff drought. But J-Rod is going to be a big reason, Ryan. I think that's going to play... Uh, well into his rookie of the year candidacy uh brooke did not like my going for a donruss card um jacob says literally any card over a second year non-auto cracked ice <laughs> and uh that's uh oh a thousand mountains unloaded some cards with the thoughts of buying a Giannis prism based rookie bgs black label do you guys think it's way overpriced at Pop 19 versus BGS? I, I think it's way overpriced. I think you should take that money and buy any Giannis Ricky autograph you can over that. Um, it Once you start mincing the lines between what's a 0.5 higher than the other and 19 versus 254, it's just like, is the value even in the card? And the answer is no. Um, no, it's which just is, from the label. Yeah. And I, I, sorry, I didn't mean to override your answer, Nate, because I think I did. But no, I didn't. I didn't even give an answer. Okay, so yeah, uh, like my thoughts are, I don't know exactly how much that card is, but if you can go find a gold standard uh, rookie jersey auto on card, PSA nine. I'm not sure how you know that might be five six thousand dollars. I don't know how much the black label is. Probably maybe not that much. Maybe it is that much, but I'd do that way ten out times out of ten over that. Yeah. All right, so here's here's the meat of the podcast today. Trends leading into the national, uh, the national sports collectors, sports collectors. 
National Sports Collectors Convention. There we go. <laughs> it's right on the screen, but I was trying to remember it. Uh, it's July 27th to July 31st this year in Atlantic City. Please go if you can. If you can't, we will miss you. But it's Pass. always a heck. What? Pass. <laughs> yeah, right, Nick. Uh, it's, it's always a heck of a time. This will probably be my like seventh national I'm going to. And um, I'm just very excited to be back out there with everyone at, at one of those huge shows again. Have and you been to the one in Atlantic City, though? I've never been to the one in Atlantic, Atlantic City. So this will be a new thing for me. Cool. A new thing. Me neither. And uh, Dave asked this is a great question. You guys doing a Kesson fundraiser at the National again this year? We will for sure be doing our Kesson fundraiser. We do not have all the details nailed down yet, how it's going to happen, where leading up to the net event, how it's going to happen at the event. There's just a lot of stuff to sort out. Um, which we will be getting going on. It is now April, so it is coming up quicker than, uh, well, just quickly, I guess, in general. So we will be having all those details uh, hopefully out. You know, our hope is probably closer to end of May, uh, early June this year versus last year's like July 1st, which is less than a month until the show. So we, uh, we're excited about that, though. And uh, we're doing all these trends leading into the national. Of course, there's still time of the year after the national, but why not say three to four months? So, Nate, obviously, go ahead and give your first uh, trend that we need to analyze. Wait, you, you changed this? Yeah, I changed R- it. Rude. Uh, yeah, so, again, we let off, but I had to get this in here. I just slipped this in here. National championship happening tonight. Kansas, Rock Chalk, Jayhawk, KU. In the game, finally, 10 years later, they were probably going to be in it in 2020, and then COVID happened. They had, like, the best defense in NCAA <laughs> college basketball history that year with a uh, big doke as a anchoring the paint didn't Who happen else was on that team. Who else was what? on that team? Like what other, like what guards and forwards were on that team? Uh, Marcus, uh, uh, well, it wasn't like Devin Dotson and stuff. Was it? Oh, um, transfer. No, Devin Dotson, Ochai Abaji, uh, big doke as a And then, um, Marcus Garrett. Marcus Garrett, duh. Oh. He they they had like one of the best defenses I've ever seen in my entire life. And they were hot going in that were about to go into the uh tournament and then it got canceled. So that was lame. But this year's team. Go Tar Heels. Go. All right. We are on to the sports card talk now. As we've got the tro- top trending sport here. Uh Nate, tell me, clarify your answer here. All right, so we did top trending sport, and we'll be right in the middle of baseball season. And I think right in the middle of a season is when the sport is trending its lowest, it feels like. So I did not choose baseball. Um, Basketball will just be getting done like a month earlier for playoffs in June. Usually end of June is the uh, or middle of June is like the end of finals or somewhere around there. And then they have like the draft end of June. Um, so I didn't choose basketball. So I think football going into the national with the rookie quarterback class from two years ago with Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow and those guys, along with the rookie quarterback class last year with Trevor Lawrence and Mac Jones and all those guys, Justin Fields, Trey Lance, and the fifth one that I can't think of right now. Um, Zach Wilson. I think that there's just going to be a lot of a lot of love for football in the offseason and those young rookie quarterbacks. So I'm going with football. Got you. The only thing about football with me is that football did get, well, smallest parts of football got so hot at the start of this year that like I'm interested to see how it's going to do going to the season. Like, will Joe Burrow's cards start to get up towards they were in February or will they not? You know, or end of January. Uh, interesting yet to be seen, but also it's well, more important. I don't think they need to be as hot as they were. No. I think they just need to be up from where they were a week before, two weeks or three weeks or a month, you know. Sure. No, that's a fair assessment. And for mine, it might be kind of obvious for everyone listening. But I pick soccer. Uh, it's finally the year of the World Cup. It's happening in November, which is perfect for the national. If the World Cup was happening in your classic June-July scenario, I don't think it would have been good for the national. I think people would have been going there either like with their soccer cards that they don't want because they maybe didn't care and trying to dump them. Um, but now that's in November because of how hot it is in Qatar at, in July, they can't do it then or June and July. Um, I think that there's going to be a lot of anticipation, people trading hands of massive soccer cards at the national trying to prepare for the world cup. Now I've 
been on record a few times saying like, hey, it's not wise to hold all of your soccer cards until November. It's not a good idea. Um, in my opinion, you know, maybe you think you have picked all of the best investments of all the players are going to make like, let's just say like the final four or something. And maybe you're right. And maybe you do make money on every single one, but also there's a huge chance that teams get eliminated. People kind of like interest wanes really hard on those teams and players and they don't care about club football as much. And then they sell the cards. So there's a good chance. A lot of stuff maybe starts to trend down in price, but at the same time, I really, really think that it's going to be super hot. Like, I think that you're talking about Messi, Ronaldo, Mbappe, not Holland because he's not in the World Cup, but he still might get some collateral increase because soccer cards are going up. Um, but any of those top guys, Pulisic too, Weston McKenney, I think that there's going to be a lot of people buying and selling them. And I think what Dave says, right, um, maybe – oh, sorry, Mbappe will be the guy at the show, especially if Panini has like World Cup prism out around that same time. I agree. I think Mbappe, he's been – probably the best player in the world in 2022. He's going to make the move to Real Madrid. France is a top two team for this tournament. I think they're the best team, but I'm also not like a super high analyst where I'm like, oh yeah, Brazil really does deserve that top spot or the top ranking or the top betting odds over France. But I feel like with Mbappe leading France, it's a no-brainer to have them be the favorites. And that's not necessarily mean that they're going to win, but it means a lot if they're the favorites and people are buying him to you know sell him at the World Cup, after the World Cup, whatever it is. If France wins. Mbappe will be one of the few players that is going to trend hard throughout the entire World Cup. And I just don't see it happening for all the other players. But between now and the national, I think it's going to be extremely hot. If uh, one Sorry. one quick comment, I did really want to say soccer yeah. because I keep hearing you talk about the the World Cup this, World Cup that, World Cup this, World Cup that, right? But I couldn't bring myself to do it. And I knew you were going to say soccer. So so yeah, and I figure that was why, right? It's like how dumb it would be if we both just sat here and said soccer, and we go to next time we both say 2022 taps, Chrome, whatever. Like it would just be such a boring chat. Correct. But um, speaking, of, and also if you're in the chat right now, hey, let us know. Let us know what top, what you think is going to be a top trending sport this year. It doesn't have to be one of the big four. It doesn't have to be one of the big five. If you count hockey, it can be whatever you want. If you think cricket cards, if there's such a thing, or disc golf, let us know, and we'll uh, we'll give you some shine and put your comment on the screen. Speaking of another thing you can respond to, top trending set of the year. We did this last year, what we thought the top trending set would be. I don't really remember what I said. I feel like I said Bowman Chrome Autographs, so did I not? Do you, I, do you? I don't remember now. Okay. I watched the video earlier, but... Yeah, I, was, I wasn't sure. So, top trending set. Now, there's a lot of ways to choose this. Like, if I'm going to say, like, most bought up product, I'll probably go with, like, Prism World Cup around the World Cup time. But my choice was Topps Dynasty. Now, people will see that I bought a very big Topps Dynasty card and say, well, you just bought a big Topps Dynasty F1 card. That's probably why you're saying this. And that's also true. Um, I'm not going to like escape that fact. I bought a big Topps Dynasty Formula 1 card because I really believe in it. But it's also not just Formula 1. I have it up here with Mike Trout on here, too. Because I tell you what, that Topps Dynasty patch auto right there of Mike Trout looks amazing and looks like a vertical, flawless patch auto with more color and looks better. Nate, what do you think about that? I'd agree. It looks amazing. The reason why I have Topps Dynasty pegged here is because I think that Formula One was a home run with this set, an absolute home run because you don't have Bowman Chrome autographs for Formula One. Sure, you have Topps Chrome sticker autographs, which sells super well too, but it just gives you only one other set to choose from for autographs and the only set to choose from for patches. And then you have on-card patch autographs of just 20 drivers and some – some constructors and stuff and some principles. And and then I start to think, well, Fanatics, they're now obviously going to be managing tops and stuff. They look at, and they see $50,000 Hamilton selling. You know, potentially the next one that sells that's rare is going to go for a hundred grand sometime. Uh, why would they not look at that and say, let's double down on this high-end product to be our high-end patch autograph product, not just for Formula One, but for baseball too, which it's had for way longer than Formula One, and then for football and basketball once that comes in in the next few years. Maybe I'm wrong. I could be wrong. They could go and create something completely new. They could buy Panini, and I don't even know what happens then if that's possible, and then make NT all over again. But I feel like that this is the move if you're looking for a high-end patch autographs just because of how much Formula One has brought to light, and I think it's going to do the same for baseball. I also have a Keston here, a one-of-one patch auto rookie from baseball. So I'm not mind Keston here bouncing back and uh, this dynasty prediction coming true I have. Um, A, I love that. B, I still worry. I still worry that 
you know, baseball fans and Formula One fans are not the same. Baseball fans are used to Bowman Chrome, that type of stuff. So they spend their money there. Yeah. Whereas I feel like a lot of Formula One fans are probably shifting over from soccer, basketball, that type of stuff where you yeah, see yeah, yeah. you see Topps Dynasty equivalents. Right. So who yeah. knows? Who knows? But I do I do love the thought and I would love to see Topps Dynasty explode or even, you know, in Topps Inception explode stuff like that. Bro, um, really quick before you move into your next thing, because this is a set talk. Bazooka Thompson, Nate, have you seen 2021 Tops Star Wars Galaxy Chrome boxes and number of refractors exploded in value? Dude, boxes are up to like 400 bucks. What? Yeah. That makes me sad. I want, uh, man, we should have been ripping more this entire time. We were you know buying those really like well. Our guy, Rowett. Bro, Rowett's got like that Skywalker out of 25, that Mandalorian out of 25. Hit an SCC 10. I don't the know sketch, if really? Yeah. Oh, oh the sketch. Yeah. yeah. Our guy Rowett, he bought half a box and hit like eight color. It was insane, including mul- a one of one sketch and multiple out of twenty fives. Oh, and yeah. a, and a purple out of ten, right? Yeah, no, he did really well. This, I don't remember if the Skywalker might have been. Purple. I think the Skywalker was purple out of ten. Yeah. Uh, really quick, the Cantle Kid says, "What are you guys defining as trending, like collective value across the entire sport?" That's a great question. Uh. It's kind of an ambiguous term, but in general, it's just like maybe where the most hype will go. It's hard to say like, oh, the most dollars will be spent on this or the most cards will be transacted on that. It's just kind of a thought, a theory, an idea. Uh, but Nate, let's let's let you rip yours. Um, Yeah. And for mine, it's 2022 Tops Chrome. I think Top Series 1 has kind of been a flop, overprinted. You go into any store, you're going to find it on the shelves. Uh, hobby boxes are way too overpriced. Uh, jumbo boxes are way too overpriced. Top Series 2 is probably going to be the same way. Um, but we have Bobby Wood Jr., Julio Rodriguez, Spencer Torkelson, at the very least, Hunter Green, um, at the very least, going to be the big rookies in Series 2. I imagine what's going to... I can't speak for Tops. I imagine what's going to happen because they always hold guys back is that the Riley Green, the guys that don't make their debut... Like I know day, like yeah. Riley Green and Adley Rushman, I imagine even if they get called up a week later, two weeks later, four, you know, they're going to get pushed back to Tops Update or to Series One the next year. Oh. But I feel like the guys that make Opening Day have to be in Series Two and will have to be in Tops Chrome. And for that reason, if you can buy Tops Chrome and have a shot at Wander, but then also have a shot at Spencer Torkelson or Julio Rodriguez or uh, Bobby Wood Jr., anybody like that, Hunter Green, list keeps going. That's going to be absolutely incredible. Potentially CJ Abrams, who knows? So for me, the the appeal of buying Tops Chrome for Wander cards is way up there. The also the appeal of get it, being able to get Julio Rodriguez or Bobby Witt or Spencer Torkelson makes this product like the best Tops Chrome product we've seen since 2018. I like what I like Nate's pick on that. Um, also, I want to bounce back quick because you mentioned the same about. Baseball fans not taking their high in money and putting it in a dynasty, which I do think is true. I do think they focus on Bowman Chrome. And maybe the baseball prediction is just kind of like a way for me to say other sports other than Formula One. Because mm-hmm. uh, I don't just want to sit here and like try to tell people who don't care about Formula One, oh, the Formula One dynasty, you know? I I think that my whole theory is that Top slash Fanax is going to see how, dude, all the pre-sale cases are sold out everywhere of Dynasty 2021. I can't even get my hands on a box of it. And they see that demand for that and then they think of all the other sports that they can do it with soccer they can do a soccer i mean getting on card i think soccer tops dynasty would be insane that would be massive like that would be so big because panini is dragging their feet for a mason mount tops dynasty patch auto out of five now i kind of already have the impeccable ones that they did for him which i absolutely love but i I would also i would also go crazy for a tops dynasty patch auto of five though you're right i mean it would be a no-brainer to me Next up, Nate put in here for us top trending quarterback. Now, I don't know if I stole Nate's answer here. I don't know if he meant rookie from last year, rookie from this year. You know, Panini releasing rookie cards after the draft or like literally for last year after this upcoming draft. You sort of did. I was talking about that rookie class, but it's okay. (laughs) Okay, so I just put down uh, either or or both or one or the other, whatever you want to say. Trey Lance and Justin Fields. I feel like both of them, you know, Justin Fields with the bad coach, Trey Lance sitting behind Garoppolo on a super loaded team in the other regards, kind of walk into better situations than like Zach Wilson is and have a better chance to, you know, go off. And 
I'm sure that we could see another level up for like a Justin Herbert, but I think that'd be too boring trying to pick like Justin Herbert for this spot. So I think once their majority of their cards are released between Prism, uh, you know, contenders already came out, but Prism and Flawless and uh, National Treasures and whatever else is still out there to release Select and Optic 2, I think. Wow. Uh, I think that's going to be quite a year for one of these quarterbacks. I don't know which. I'm not an NFL analyst. I don't watch that much NFL stuff. I have no idea. Just someone other that's in a better situation than Zach Wilson. Yeah. I, 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 I mean, yeah. Okay. I, I don't disagree with you that Zach Wilson is not in a very good situation from talent around him standpoint, but I will say this, and we're along the same wavelengths, is that I think last year I thought this, and it didn't really come true, but I thought that I bought some Tua in hopes that they draft a wide receiver and his prices go up because they got a weapon. And they did. They got Jalen Waddle. His prices did not go up, though. But now you're watching what Jalen Waddle did last year, 1,000-plus yards, and you're watching what even like a Kyle Pitts did, 1,000-plus yards, and you're watching what Jamar Chase did with Joe Burrow, um, 1,400 yards. And these guys are ready to go, and I think that probably helps this year where now, maybe, maybe, this is just uh, a theory on my part, with last year's class doing so well, I think that now if a Justin Fields or a Trey Lance or a Zach Wilson – or a Mac Jones, and especially Mac Jones with that 21st pick that the Patriots have. Um, if one of those guys can get a rookie QB or a rookie wide receiver with one of their first round picks, I think I think it would be big. Now, I don't really think it would happen for Trey Lance. He's got Debo Samuel and stuff. But if a Justin Fields or a Mac Jones, somebody like that, um, and I don't think it's not going to happen for it's not going to happen for the Jaguars either because they they are not going to use their number one overall pick on a wide receiver. So I guess you can cross off Trevor Lawrence too. But Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, or Mac Jones, if they get a first-round wide receiver that they can grow with, I think that is the guy that will get hype around him. I like it. And also, like you said, it's sometimes easier to buy in the year after once you see it already happen. After and – I, I wanna I, I wanna point out two things here, two comments. Depending on the draft, I might say Zach Wilson as they were talking about getting him more weapons. And obviously they were going after Tyreek Hill, you know? And I just saw that they the Olav dude from Ohio State is taking a workout oh, there. No, don't say Olav, it's Olave. <laughs> oh, whatever. I don't care. I've never heard his name spoken. I don't watch uh college uh football. It's very boring to me. Um but uh they are. They are trying to get in weapons, so it could be huge. And then, Dave, I will combat you on this one thing. Bears did nothing this offseason to help Fields. He's a couple years away. I would say that just getting rid of Matt Nagy will help Justin Fields a ton. They might not have put talent around him, especially with Allen Robinson leaving, but I think I think we're underestimating the amount of atrociousness that Matt Nagy did to that franchise and did to Justin Fields. And I think getting literally anybody else in there is a lot better than Matt Nagy. Before moving on, we have a question from uh, Vitan Lewis. Sorry if I butchered that name. Nate, looking forward 10 years, which one will have the greatest growth, Wit, Torque, or J-Rod? Um, for me, it's probably got to be Wit. A, plays the most premium position. B, Royals probably don't have the amount of money to pay him, so he's probably going to go to a much larger market year six. I mean, you know, well, he's probably get traded like year five or something, but year six, seven, he'll be going to a much larger market potentially because I just don't think the I don't think the Royals are going to be able to pay him like the forty million if he is really good. And so, J Rod could stay on the Mariners; they've got a ton of money. Torque could stay on the uh, Torque could stay on the Tigers because they're really good and they have a ton of money. But Bobby Witt, just from um, talent, position, and the ability to leave the Royals for greener pastures. And I hate to say that as a small market team to look forward six years because that sucks. And if you're a Royals fan, you're going to be absolutely super angry at me saying that because you're like, let me enjoy Bobby Witt years before you get rid of him. But it's the fact of life. Like the Brewers, we've got a couple more years of Brandon Woodruff, Corbin Burns, and Freddie Peralta. We might be able to keep one. We can't keep three, and we probably can't keep two. 
I want to point out Dave's cards 32 said J Rod is Soto 2.0, which I know Nate's felt the same way for a bit, quite some time actually. Nate, you said Bobby Witt, and he brought up the well, he plays pre- premium position, which is a good thought, but also, <coughs> excuse me, and he could have said that about Tatis, even with Soto's dominant talent and bat. Here's the thing about Soto, and he is Soto 2.0. I would argue that Soto's drastically undervalued. Yeah, but my point is, is why didn't you pick J-Rod over Bobby Witt? That's why. Because I feel like you've always been picking Soto over Tadis. I but also, been... what? Tatis I don't know that the... Bobby Witt is an injury-prone guy. I know. I know. We know That's that Tatis is an injury-prone guy. Yeah. Right? It's a big factor. It's a huge factor. It's a huge factor. Availability is the best ability. And yeah. Tatis is never available. Um, Bobby Witt so far is available and I, um, Tatis isn't going anywhere. Soto's probably not going anywhere. Can bring up a, an extra factor is that Bobby Witt Jr. Is, he's a outspoken card collector. If he's hey. in the MLB playing top dog and he shows off some Bowman Chrome investments type of stuff matters. Yeah. Uh, but I do want to go back to that Soto point just real quick. Soto's amazing. He has way less cards than a Vlad Guerrero or a Ronald Acuna or a Shoei Otani um, or a Tatis. And yet, his prices, if you compare them like card for card, are not there with those guys. Like, he has way less. Like, the amount of money being spent on the other guys is more because they have more cards. What you're trying to say is that Soto's market cap is smaller than guys like Otani and Vlad. Correct, correct. And I just feel like, I don't know what it is. I just don't feel like he gets enough respect, and I feel like Soto's prices should be astronomically higher than what they are right now. He's already won a championship. He's already the best hitter in baseball. It's insane. And he's he's 23. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. I look forward to seeing what he's going to do this year for sure and seeing how he just, like, repeats all the success he's had. Because in the last year, he's amazing, obviously. Uh, brief intermission, brief intermission. Nate shout out Dean Corns earlier, but we have another shout out right now. But first off, uh, tomorrow, 6 p.m. Eastern time, where I'm returning on whatnot with Topps Chrome Formula One hobby boxes. Actually, got five more in stock. Nate, I forgot to tell you that. Ooh, got five more in stock. Let's go. Um, so not too many. It's super hard to get these boxes now, and uh, they are quite a bit more expensive. So 6 p.m. Eastern time, we will be going live on whatnot. Uh, please download the app if, if you have not already. Also, click the link in the description as it should have a $10 credit if you do not have an account yet. And then, Nate, you can talk about what's going on Wednesday night. Yeah, Wednesday night we have a little bit of opening day eve. We've got singles, plenty of singles, and we have, I assume, a box of Top Series 1, a box of Tops Heritage, and a box of Tops Chrome Update Sapphire? Correct. And, uh, yes, the, this should all be there before the, the event. Yeah, so we will do a little bit of wander hunting and a little bit of Kelnick hunting uh, Sapphire and uh, have a good time with some cheap packs and then also a bunch of singles for anybody that wants to get um, some singles before the season starts. And even if you don't want to buy, you can still join and we'll just talk baseball and we'll talk uh, anything you want. MVP predictions. And do a few giveaways, right? What? And do a few giveaways. And do a few giveaways. A few giveaways. Love it. Love it. So that's all going down tomorrow and Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern time on the Whatnot app. Back to the show. So we have got now top trending NBA player during the playoffs. And I want to give a shout out to myself. And Nate, I'll give a shout out to Nate also because I forgot to bring this up at the beginning. Nate called Joe Burrow as the top trending QB last year when we did this for this upcoming year. And uh, great call. And then and, and then tooted my own horn by taking a Snapchat of it and sending it to Aaron so that he realized. He did. He did. Uh, I said, hey, I said Herbert. So, I mean, he did well. Right? His cards increased in value quite a bit, the expensive ones. Uh, but for NBA prediction, I said Tatum was going to be the best young player investment of the season. Now, if you sold your Tatums maybe by November, that would have looked awful. But if he held Tatum until now, it would look genius because he is balling. He's leading the Celtics to now a top four seed in the East. And I am putting Jason Tatum once again on here. But the more likely outcome I have is Giannis because I think that the Celtics are going to disappoint in the playoffs, which is why I kind of gave myself an out on it. Because I think if the Celtics do not disappoint, Tatum will be leading the way, which can reach massive growth for his cards to do that in the playoffs, lead a team far. But unfortunately, I just think that someone like any Eastern Conference team 
is probably going to be able to beat any Eastern Conference team in a seven-game series if a team's hot, which is the problem that I run into, which makes it pretty hard to predict this. But I'll go with Tatum or Giannis because I think that the Bucks they can just put it all together. I mean, they've, they've had some really nice wins. They lost a tough one Sunday, terrible fourth quarter. But I think in a seven-game series, the Bucks are still the best team in the Eastern Conference by far, or at least – by a good, decent margin, not like by far, by far. But that's my prediction. Nate, you can give yours. Um, I also wanted to go Giannis just because like a second championship is super important. And if you secure oh, yeah. a second championship, you just can't be disrespected. And somehow, yeah. some way, people still find ways to disrespect Giannis. Uh, and and it's, it's not like it's easy to do anymore because he's shooting well from free throw. He's shooting pretty well from mid-range. Um, he hits and the three when it matters. And he's and he's hitting he's hitting threes at a better clip, like thirty one percent this year. League average is thirty five. Like that's not so far off where it's ridiculous. And so for me, it's I wanted to choose Giannis, but I couldn't because that's a homer pick. Um, so I went with Devin Booker, best player on the best team, and they are also disrespected. The Suns are wildly disrespected too, despite making the championship last year and despite having the best team and missing Chris Paul and still winning. Um, I don't feel like they get enough love as they should. And if the Bucks don't win, I do think the Suns are right there. And if the Suns win, um, you know, you, you just can't deny Devin Booker anymore. I agree with you. Uh, Matthew says, I feel like the Joker isn't getting much love, although he's carrying the nuggets. My player was really close to being Nikola Jokic because what he's doing is absolutely incredible. He's about to post the highest PER in NBA history, and Giannis is right behind him at like 0.4 behind him. But the thing with Jokic is that I just don't think that the Nuggets are going to go far enough in the playoffs to have top trending NBA player during the playoffs come true. Now, at the same time, if he does take the Nuggets far and he is dropping unreal numbers, it will probably be a similar thing to like what Nate's saying, Giannis getting a second championship, it might be a great moment of realization. Like, if he was not, if he was like a more, I guess you could say, like in an odd way, attractive player, like Devin Booker, you just love watching him play, right? Like, I don't know how many people are going to like throw on the TV and like sit down and be like, oh man, Nikola Jokic is so exciting to watch. I mean, I know that he's very good. Don't get me wrong, he's amazing, but like, you, there's, that's just like the disconnect I feel. And I feel like if he can prove it during the playoffs to people while they are watching, maybe then it can matter. Yeah. And and just from my point of view, I'm on Twitter a lot, and I see people talking about Jokic all the time. Maybe it's just the people I follow. I especially follow one specific Denver Nuggets like writer, so I guess, I guess maybe my point of view is a little bit skewed. But I do feel like I do see people talk about him a lot on Twitter. Um, so I don't know if he gets as disrespected as you would think, but I do know that um, he doesn't, he definitely doesn't get as much love as he deserves. Yeah. And I think a lot of it also has to do with like thinking about in the card market, you see the guys are stacking LeBron's and Giannis's and um, John Morant's and I don't know, Luca name player here, insert player here. But like a lot of those guys, at least I've seen, don't have like a big Jokic, you know, in their collection, which is why those prices aren't as insane as other cards. He's also a type of player that um, doesn't have like an insane amount of cards. Like you won't find um, kind of like when it's talking about Soto, like he doesn't have even an RPA from NT. He's just got like a normal on-card auto rookie of 99, kind of like Fred Van Vliet sells for insane amounts because of that. Um, just as his prism color does, because, well, he does have select color too. I was more, mostly, oh, I'm just dumb. I was about to say, where's his Optic 2015? There was no Optic in 2015. So he has a decent amount of cards, I guess, but at the same time, it's uh, he was drafted in 2014, so it's a little different too there. But either way, his stuff's getting more expensive. It can probably still get even more expensive if he proves it on the big stage. Top MLB rookie, and I'm definitely the wrong person to ask this. Uh, I was going to put Julio Rodriguez until they picked that, which is why I have Bobby Wood Jr. I don't even know. He might do it. He might not. There's a lot of competition in the AL, which is why I think it's hard to determine. Uh, you know, it's, it's obviously one of the three, one of the three guys. Part of me just wanted to go with Hunter Green, just to buck a trend here. But I think for me, the, the Royals are not going to be a good team. Bobby Witt Jr. can be as good as he wants. The Royals aren't going to be a good team. So for me, it's got to be. The Tigers, definitely a good chance of making the playoffs. The Mariners, a really good chance of making the playoffs. Uh, and if they do, one of the, these two guys have to be playing well for them to do that. 
uh, at least in my mind, Spencer Torkelson a little bit more than J-Rod because the Mariners have um, Mitch Hanniger and Kyle Lewis and Jesse Winker and Eugenio Suarez and um, uh, the shortstop from the Phillies that I can't remember his name right now. So they've got they've got interesting pieces all over the place. And Jared Kelnick, if he can step up. So it won't be as important of J-Rod, but I do still think if they make it, it will be because he was good. Um, and then the Tigers, like, if they make the playoffs, I really think it's because Spencer Torkelson will have carried them. And so I got to pick one of them. I like it. I like it. That's some good uh, analysis there to get to the answer. And uh, Michael brings up that Tristan Casas when he debuts. Is he supposed to be coming up soon? Uh, yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of guys within the top 20. I think there's like 12, 13 guys, something like that, maybe that in the top 20 that are like coming up gotcha. this year. That's a lot. Yeah. All right, this one's a little bit interesting because we don't have like an insane amount of like necessarily specific card talk with this one. We do, I guess. But this one is grading card company trends because this is like by far the most competitive space in the industry. Uh, you could say, you know, marketplaces too are very competitive, but like grading is super competitive. Uh, you've got PSA and SGC who have been the most efficient for collectors to utilize. Um, PSA, some would say no, because if you have to, have a, if you have to have a membership and then you have to have a membership to pay higher fees to get your card graded, which then takes longer and your cards might still be stuck in a backlog. People would disagree with that, which is why I know a lot of people will say and, just know that you know we are partners with SGC for very good reason, in my opinion, that they have done an excellent job of servicing the customer for the past, um, you know, what has it been, like eight, pretty much a year now. Uh, they've been doing a f- just absolutely stand-up job. And then you have the others at the bottom there, Beckett, HGA, and CSG, who are all in questionable territory. Uh, Beckett for the fact that only anyone can figure out what the heck they're doing, uh, announcing vaults and this and that and, What's happening to the backlog? When's it clearing? When's it, when is any pricing going to open? Like it's just it's a mess. I think, um, HGA which has like forty three thousand cards stuck in the backlog, which I saw today. People still have orders out for October and November and stuff that were promised for sooner. And then also just from the standpoint, it's not really getting accepted widely as a uh, just verified grading card company. Like there's been a lot of problems that have been gotta, going on there. I gotta but, say that's a that's a tough scene. Is if you're PSA and you know you're going to get good prices on your cards people put up with the backlog. If you're getting your cards graded by HGA and there's a backlog and you know you're not going to get excellent prices, whew, that is not a good spot to be in. And then uh, and then CSG is the bottom one on the right there. And CSG basically just rebranded their entire company and not only their company, but their entire grading scale. They redid the grading scale to copy SGC. They redid the colors to copy SGC. They redid the label to look more like SGC. And for that, I'm out. If you don't have originality and if you saw that you were not doing well because you made decisions to launch something that doesn't look good and wasn't accepted and you pretty much match your grading skill to something that's failing, a.k.a. Beckett, switching it all after grading thousands of cards doesn't feel like it's going to make it better to me. Um, I'm out on CSG. And to me, it still is PSA and SGC, which are the ones for 2022 to utilize. Um, if you obviously like love PSA, go ahead, sign up for a membership, try getting their $50 mint windows. You might get it. You might not. You can submit for a hundred. There's certain cards that I would still think of myself that I might send one there, but I'm like 99% saying to SGC pretty much all the time. I mean, turnaround times, efficiency, the cost, all of it. And even now the secondhand or secondary market values, which watch out for tomorrow's video releasing uh, tomorrow. We're doing another submission reveal and also updating all of our cards that sold from our previous submission every single card except for like four made money and one of them was because it's just a stupid decision on my part to buy it in the first place so pretty crazy pretty crazy to say the least and you know agree with me or not it's just what's happening uh and it's a reason why we're partners with them so i'm excited to share that and then also michael brown thank you so much for that super chat um that will be going to cam kesson question if i own a card that's psa 9 pop 4 and then there's the same card graded a psa 9 miscut does that miscount count towards the pop four or their categories differently? They are categorized different differently. That doesn't count towards the PSA nine population. It counts to like the PSA nine and then like the Q population, which is for qualifier. Nate, any thoughts here? Or do you just kind of agree with everything? Uh, no, I a hundred percent agree with you. I don't think there's, there's no reason from everything I've heard about Beckett that I would put up with their high prices, their low turnaround times. 
and their um, low secondary market values now too. And their low secondary market values like that just doesn't make any sense to me. So then, and and why even why even mess around with the other two? Yeah. So at that point, you're just you have a premium card that you really want in a PSA slab. Sweet. You got other cards that you just need you you want slab and you want good value. SGC. Exactly. I totally agree. If anyone has any thoughts in the in the uh, in the comments, please let us know. Um, Jesus. Oh, Michael said, but we got to chase those black labels. That's a problem. That's a problem. If you're chasing just one label, one label of the many that they use, it's just not worth the money at all. It's just not worth the money at all. And Brooke has a hard set rule. It looks like SGC for all cards were less than $750 in PSA for everything over. If that works for you, it works for you. Yeah. And and the, the chase for black label, just as a quick, quick side note, one, I, I do think the black label is hogwash. I mean, you really think there's a, a perfect card out there? Or the fact that you crack it, submit it, and then what would it come back as? Yeah. So I, I don't know. And, and then it's so it's so tough to get. Like, you're willing to risk your money to get a black label on a card. And if it doesn't get it, you're waiting forever to get your card back. Or you're spending a ton of money for lesser returns. Like, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Matthew's got an excellent question here. So should you cross over BGS to PSA or SGC? That's a fantastic question. Um, one that I guess I was considering myself for the past couple months. I've got some huge cards in BGS cases. Actually, excuse me, two of my top five cards are in BGS cases. Giannis Patriotto from Flawless and Mbappe, Blue Refractor Rookie. There's no escape, <coughs> excuse me, there's no escape in the fact that those values have not gained as quickly as if those cards were in slabs by PSA or even possibly SGC for certain cards. Um, would I take the risk to get them regraded? Like cracking on regrading? Probably not. You know, what are the odds that it gets higher than a 9.5 like either at either or? The best I could think of is, is I'd send mine in for a review at SGC and say, hey, if it gets a you know SGC 10, slab it. If not, don't. But like I just... It's tough. It's a tough question. You know, I don't know the answer to that. I'm worth looking at this as like, where should you be putting your money for grading currently? More so than like, well, which slabs should you have or should you cross them over? It's a really tough question. And and I, I, my... I do I do think we should we should point out that I it's definitely okay to have BGS slabs. Yeah. We're not definitely. trying to say it's not okay. It's just going moving forward, like Aaron said does it make a lot of sense to grade with BGS going forward? And I just feel like you're shooting yourself in the foot from a earnings standpoint if you do that. Oh, for sure. And then, yeah, I don't know. I mean, the regrading thing is, is kind of personal preference and what you decide to go with. Like, am I, you know, like if I, let's just say with PSA, because it's just 9 and 10. If I send in my 9.5 and Bob Air Refractor Blue there and have them review it in the 9.5 case, where are the odds it gets bumped to a 10? Pretty slim. Where the odds I crack it out, it gets a 10. Probably still pretty slim. Um, and I just don't think it's worth that. I'd rather just sell it and then go find a new card, I guess, if it came down to that. And then, uh, what's up, Manny? How are we doing? Michael said, do old CSG slabs need to be sent back in for new labels? Now it goes to 10 instead of 9.5 also. Yeah, so honestly, the whole thing is just, to be very blunt, it's kind of whack to me. Um, to grade thousands upon thousands upon thousands of card using a grading scale and then completely redoing the grading scale so now what does it mean for all the cards that were graded and also what does it mean for the people that were trained all this time on the old grading scale to grade the new grading scale like man it's just not it's just not a good situation to be in um i don't think, i don't think i want to be involved in it at all i don't own a single csg slab all right we're gonna move on though top soccer player heading into the world cup nate give your pick Okay, number one, I don't know if Gabriel Martinelli is playing in the World Cup. Oh my, I was literally going to ask you, Nate, what nation does he even play for? And I knew you weren't even going to know. I don't know. But as an Arsenal fan, the only fan of any soccer club, there any soccer at all is Arsenal. Uh, I had to go with an Arsenal player. So I don't know if he's playing in the World Cup at all. Well, I'll tell you this much. He's on Brazil. Are they in? (laughs) Yeah, they're they're the favorites for this World Cup. Oh, let's go. Let's go. Um, Actually, I knew I knew he was from Brazil. I the, he has the optic optic in the Brazil. Dude, kit. do you know what I was looking at his card prices? Say first off, cheap. 
like red prism rookie that just came out. Also, I completely forgot he's in the new prism line. Him and Harvey Elliott are the two top rookies. I thought it was always Harvey Elliott and no one else, but Martinelli rookies are in there. This blue ice you could have gotten for like 225. A red rookie numbered out of like 149 was like 150 or something. Optic hollow rated rookie from op- like I know it's not numbered. It was six bucks the last sale. Optic rated rookie hollow. Yeah, dude, I should be buying. That's what I'm saying. But it, does it matter that he's in the Brazilian kit? Uh, no, I mean international cards do well for like Mbappe, both Prism and uh, Topps Chrome. So, all right. Well, then I'm sticking with Martinelli. And shout out me for definitely knowing that he was playing in the World Cup when I put his <laughs> name in there. Um, I said it earlier, but Kylian Mbappe. Not much else to say. Best player in the world, world right now, in my opinion. Most solid. I don't think it's been that great this year, although. He's been amazing this whole season. And uh, I think that just it's going to be crazy. It's going to be crazy. I mean, we're literally looking at like a mix of like Giannis and Luca at the same time. He's already won a World Cup, he hasn't won the Champions League because PSG's been a mess. But go to Real Madrid, he'll probably win a Champions League. And he's still 23 years old, going to play in a second World Cup, maybe to win a second World Cup by the time he's 23. It's just crazy. Just crazy. Uh, Zed, yes, there are millions of people who actually. Yeah, millions and millions of people who care about soccer. Tons. And also tons of people who care about soccer who collect cards, too. Yeah. Um, Michael, uh, you can send it into the Nathan Rodebaugh grading service, and that will definitely get a uh, NRGS 10. <laughs> I was going to say NRGS. Nate's starting his own grading service. Yeah, right. <laughs> they would just like look at it once, look at it twice. All right, here we go. <laughs> Uh, ooh, I wouldn't say Mbappe can only run. I I mean, everyone's got their own opinion, but that's just not what I've been seeing. Uh, top new trend. So new trend, just like something that's going to pop up and be really hot. Now, it says new trend, but I said, how about affordable vintage cards? I mean, there's been so much hotness around the entire modern sports card circle. When does some of that money spill into 1955 Ted Williams SGC2 that sells for like $225? Like, hey, would you rather have that or a PSA 10 silver of like Tyler Hero, you know? I don't know. And maybe it's maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I don't even know how if I how much I think I'm right. I just think it's like maybe. I don't know. I I have a couple of vintage cards myself. I'm not I'm not buying vintage cards right now. I haven't bought a ton of vintage cards in the past or recently. Just trying to come up with something new because it always seems like you kind of got to go around the same circles and say, okay, well, is it UFC now? Is it this? Is it Marvel still? You know, but we got Nate here picking. Uh, Nate, what are you picking? Uh, well, I said mosaic stained glass, but you could do prism stained glass also. Um, I was just trying to come up with something, you know, kaboom, obviously popped, color blast popped. Um, what are downtowns popped, right? So, like, what's the next random insert that's short printed that could pop off? And I didn't think of prism stained glass at first because it seems too on the nose so i went with mosaic stained glass as yes. kind of like forgotten about thing so i put mosaic stained glass in there like the brady but i also put prism stained glass in there because like the mosaic stained glass are like not super rare you know it's not oh. like it's there's not super super rare um on the other hand the prism st- the prism stained glass are super super rare and those like the jonathan taylor is like a 2500 psa 10 um like it's a big card so, like, I kind of threw it in there just because, like, I think that Nate could be onto something. Like, what's another insert that maybe hasn't gotten super hyped? Possibly the Prism Stained Glass. Maybe the Mosaic, too, if people want it. I mean, I assume if Prism Stained Glass gets hot, then the more affordable option would be, like, a Mosaic Stained Glass. So, interesting thought. I like, I mean, they're all beautiful cards. Man, that JT is sick, though, is it not? <laughs> it is. It's also, like, the end of the line. Like, there aren't really that many other, I mean, blank slates have popped off. That's my point, you know? So there's not really that many other things we can go to, and there's not really anything like that in baseball. Oh, Manny, he's surprised I didn't say Mason Mount. Well, you know if I said Mason Mount that uh, the the Army would be after me because that's like half my PC. But I will say I'm very excited to see what England does with Mason Mount in the World Cup. Hopefully it's a good run. Hope that USA and England both go through from the group. And uh, after that, we'll see what happens. All right. This one we don't have anything on the screen for, but trend that will fade away. This one was a fun one last year. And the reason why I have nothing on the screen is because we both didn't get something into the presentation for it, but I still want to bring up the topic. Nate, do you have any trend that you think will fade away? The problem is, is that the one I want to keep on saying, I feel like I've said before, and I don't want people to say you're a broken record, but I'll say mine, probably going to steal yours. 
I still don't really see how Marvel PMGs can stay this hot for a whole nother year. I'd agree. That's my point. Yeah. I mean, uh, there might be people that disagree, but. Uh, there probably are. There probably are. Maybe they do stay hot. Maybe they're but, so. You know, how can Kaboom stay hot? How can, how can PMG, anything that's hot right now feels like an easy choice to not be hot because so, so you can help people work. So basically you're, you're saying Formula One. Well, no, because like kabooms are a subset of football and football will stay, right? Yes, yes I know. I, I'm just messing around with you. Like that's an entire sport, but I get it. Um, uh, I'm, but, and I'm uh, not saying Formula One, by the way. I don't want people to take that as like me saying Formula One. I'm definitely not. For me, well, I would have wanted to have said retail will fade away, but it's already fading and it's fading hard. Walk into any target. You'll find Donruss basketball. You will find top series one all over the place um so i'm not going to say that so instead i'm going to say ripping ripping um stuff like top series one hobby and jumble boxes anything that you can find retail that has hobby boxes if the retail's not getting bought then the high prices on that stuff will have to drop because nobody will buy it so i think that will be the trend high priced uh uh bulk wax stuff so you're telling me because retail's not getting bought that'll make the jumbo hobby box drop in price i'm hoping because i'm hoping they're... that i'm hoping that the there's a correlation between people's lack of interest in uh buying retail up with their lack of interest in paying you know 280 on a jumbo top series one hobby box okay interesting um, um just because like in the past you know, you didn't want to buy retail because you could buy a whole hobby box for 50 bucks or whatever, right? So why buy a blaster for 20? Yeah. Um, now it's people aren't buying blasters or hanger boxes that you can find all over the place for 10 or 20. I I definitely don't think they're going to be buying a jumbo hobby box for 285, especially only, with some of the horror stories I've heard about them. Yeah, the only difference I have to say is that remember like Hobby product is such a breaker driven market. Like how many people are showing up to a break with like 10 blaster boxes, you know? So like yeah. there's another segment that's buying those products that makes them more in demand. Um, but also what uh, Bryce said, non-numbered parallels will fade away. So it's already been happening pretty hard. Um, if you think about like select silver courtside, super short print, like Trey Young, that car is tanked hard while other on-card autographs have done well. Um, I think that that's already happening and, and um, just are probably coming back to earth maybe. But also at the same point, it's like some serial numbered cards might get too hot too fast too. Uh, I just want to point out that there, this is a good point. Low on retail wax where retail doubled their price this year. Yeah. Uh, you go into any shop, it's like $13 a hanger box now, $25 for a blaster. So like that might also have to do with it where people are like, wait, I could have got this for $10 last year and you want 13. I'm just not buying it out of, out of spite. Right. We got Michael Brown here. $5 super chat. Thank you again. Have Panini released this year's 2021 draft class prisoner select. If not, what's the hold? No, they haven't. They, uh, they haven't for football and they also are just about to release 2021 prison draft NBA, which is tough scene. Like meaning college jerseys, like, Almost at the end of the season. It's yeah, it's not good at Panini. Nothing like buying a Cade Cunningham Oklahoma State Prism jersey card uh I know. one year after he's already played in the NBA. Matthew says, Well, sticker autos fade away. That's a great question. Um some yes, some no. Formula One tough to get autos, no. Um random cards with sticker autos, and I'm sure that they're still just gradually decreasing in desirability. Does Baker Mayfield get traded slash card prices go up or down? Uh, I just have no idea what's going to happen with that, but all I'm going to say is he won't stay in the Browns because that just is impossible right now. And if he goes to a new team with a starter opening, yes, prices go up. If he doesn't go to a team with a starter opening, uh, I think they probably will drop further. I just threw this one in here because it's the most like what is going on in all of football. Yeah. You know, like Baker has been traded. They're clearly not going to play him. But the number of teams that need a quarterback is dwindling to the point where it's like the Panthers and the Seahawks. And I don't know if either team will care enough to trade for him to make a bidding war. So, like, yeah, he's going to get traded, and he's probably going to get traded to a team with an opening. Um, 
but I don't think he's going to be expensive. I mean, I'd be shocked if they could get, like I said, fourth for Baker and a, and a sixth going back. You know, I'd be shocked if they could get like a, even a fourth right now, straight up or a third. Yeah, the market's at all time low on his stock for sure. Top bounce back candidate in the MLB. I totally cheated because I am so off the loop on any bounce back candidates in the MLB. So I just put Kesson here. I've been talking about him a lot. I got some nice cards from the back in the day of the Brewer collection. And uh, why not? I wanted to put Kesson too, but I couldn't because I talked about him all the time. So instead, I went Kyle Hendricks. He's obviously been a stud for years and years and years. And last year, he had a big old road uh, road bump. And uh, it was not a great year. So I'm expecting him to bounce back. Now, will that be helpful for card prizes? No, because he's just not a sexy pitcher. He puts up really good stats, but the way he goes about it is not sexy. But uh, I do think he is going to bounce back in a big way. Yeah, we're talking like a two, three dollar tops triple threads auto here, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Will Mason Mount ever live up to his potential? I say, obviously. And Nate says. What potential? <laughs> oh, just the Wait. top five in Premier League goals and assists this year, no big deal or anything. And also hurt for some of the year. You know, I don't know, but <laughs> uh, just messing around. I just want to throw one. that in there. Uh, we did do a lot of different questions throughout the chat today, but in the end, uh, this kind of rounds out. Our discussion for the day in our next uh, three to four months of sports car market thoughts. I think we're in a healthy spot in the sports car market. A year ago, I think they were in a very uh, unstable spot when we did the thing. You know, all these cards flooding back from grading backlogs, insane. We're in a much more stable spot. We all, but everyone just needs to make sure that you know, as this fanatics boom comes, that. Um, the discussion and the community that's getting built is very strong because there's going to be a lot of new entrants um, that maybe are different entrants from before. You know, like before it was all like people who were just kind of craving to find money um, in whatever they could. Now I think that there's probably going to be a little bit more collector focus coming in and probably money focused too with Finex. But like, you know, you're watching a game and you see them advertising, like, you know, collect these cards are just like from back in the day and stuff. And who knows, maybe just new collectors come in just to collect. And I just want to make sure that as a community, we all do our part to you know take care of them and stuff, because that's the only way we're going to have long-term success here. I went through years when I was younger that there's like, you know, no one cared outside of me within my school, within my community. And now there are people that cared literally everywhere. And uh, we just want to make sure we can preserve that. Right. So that's how I feel about the sports car marketplace right now. It's in a good spot and we just need to keep doing all of our parts to keep building going forward. Nate, I agree. Couldn't have said better myself. Uh, Nate just loves stealing the words after I say. It. <laughs> uh, last prediction, Nate. If you're gonna open one box this year, what box are you gonna open? Oh, definitely. Ooh, uh, mm. I was gonna say definitely 2022 tops Chrome, but now I think it might be Sapphire. I was gonna say I, th- I thought you were gonna say Sapphire. Uh, for myself, back um, in 2019, when you know we were really starting to slab stocks, my friend Alan from high school, I told him in 2022 when the next World Cup rolls around, we'll rip it. We'll, we will rip a case of 2022 Prison World Cup hobby together. Now at the time, prices were like nothing, so I was thinking like, oh, you know, thousand dollars will get us a case or less or something. No, less than a thousand dollars will get us a case. Uh, it's probably going to be like 600 bucks. Now I'm thinking, oh man, how much is it going to cost? So I think that we're still going to try to do it together and see what we hit and do some uh, video on it and stuff. But that's going to be it. I think 2022 Prison World Cup try to do a hobby case this year, hoping that they don't jack the price up too much. Oof. Well, I mean, okay, let me don't get me wrong. If it's going to be like 800 bucks a box, it's not happening. It's going to have to be around like $4,000 a case to even make it realistic. And we'll split it. I like it. All right, well, that's all we got, everyone. I hope you all enjoyed today's episode here on Slab Socks Live. Either, either if you're listening live or on the podcast, don't forget our whatnot streams this week, 6 p.m. Eastern time. Some uh, really cool products, Formula One and Baseball with Nate. And then Soccer, I have on Thursday also. I got Mason Mount boxes back in stock. Hit some crazy autos last week. And uh, don't forget to tune in to Sunday's FlipQuest 2022 episode at 9.45 p.m. Eastern time here on YouTube Live. We hope you all have a great rest of your week. And go North Carolina tonight. Boo.